0: Welcome to the One New Man Network from Kurt Landry Ministries at House of David, where we learn about the Jewish roots of the Christian faith. The following is a replay of a previous service. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a big hand clap tonight. Praise the Lord. Lord willing, I'm going to be bringing a prophetic word. Um out of Isaiah 54, Friday night. But I believe that uh, that word is a future word and this word is a now word. I'm doing some blogs on the coming church and they'll be coming out here in the next few months and it's dealing with why the, the new wineskin remnant church is the prophetic church. And the reason is, is because people are going to need steady doses of prophetic instruction in order to survive what's coming in this world. There's, there's so much deception and there's so much fake news that you have to be able to get your discernment up to a level to where you can understand and know that when the Scripture says, my sheep know my voice, and they follow not another. This is a time where you need to have clear understanding because everything Satan's doing is trying to break your relationship with your destiny right now. The attack between now and Rosh Hashanah, is going to be after your mouth. Because 80, the number 80, has to do everything with what you speak, what you decree. 80 is the year of the mouth, 5780. And so between now and Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur and the Feast of Tabernacles, we need to be able to get our mouths under control so that when we go into the courts in this new year that's coming, that the, the Lord has us speaking what he's speaking, not what we're thinking. And uh, that's, the, that's the challenge right now. The challenge that you're going through right now is you and your relationships. And I don't know how else to, I can't sugarcoat this, So, but some of you have to have a really clear word from God. And if you don't make the adjustments now, you're going to be very disappointed in the next four to five years. I'm looking at a 10-year window of opportunity in the Lord in the midst of great turmoil. And I know that's not popular with a lot of the prophets, but that's what I'm preparing for under my covering is 10 years of extreme prosperity in the midst of great uh, shifting and great devastation. I mean, you would have to be blind not to see that the United States is moving military uh, equipment into the Persian Gulf for a reason, and Israel is preparing because Israel will absolutely not tolerate a nuclear Iran. So it's coming, and when it happens, it's going to create a major shift in a lot of different areas, and you need to be prepared for that, and that could that could happen any time right now. And uh, I'm sure the enemies will make sure that it tries to disrupt the 2020 election, it won't be able to, but you can pretty much guess that it's gonna be trying to hit at a strategic time to disrupt that so that President Trump doesn't have the economy to uh, brag about, but it's actually, because of the way the oil industry is in the United States right now, it's not gonna have near the effect it would've if we were in the Obama administration, where it would've actually uh, probably called us to go into a depression but uh, that's not the case anymore, praise God, because preparation... Yeah, go ahead, give the Lord a hand clap. So the word the Lord has given me and gave a a dear friend of mine from Africa this word as well, and uh, it's time to cast your nets. So... You hear Robert Henderson speak about that, that the nets broke. And that is a great word. But there's two. I'm just sharing with you in the spirit right now. I just want you to receive this in the Holy Spirit. There's two major issues where God deals with preparation for his disciples. Say to your neighbor, disciples. This this word is for disciples. This isn't for just this isn't for believers. Because not all believers are disciples. Because a lot of people you'll say, Oh, are you a Christian? Oh, yes, I'm a Christian and I'm a believer. And you can be a believer and your name's in the book and you're going to heaven and praise God. But then there's disciples, and there's different levels of discipleship commitment. Amen amen no one wants to talk about it but the scripture says there's some vessels of clay some wood some silver and some gold and of course everybody thinks they're the golden vessel and uh, but that's a whole nother message um, but there's very few golden vessels because that's earned through obedience comes at a super high price and uh, most of us aren't willing to pay that price to get to that level in the king-priest anointing of the Lord, and that's not taught either. A lot of these things that I wish I could teach, I would love to teach, but the Lord says it's not for now. These aren't for right now, because we need to be focused on what's happening right now. But you know there's two major stories in the Bible about casting your nets. There's Luke chapter 5, where we're going tonight, but there's also John 21. John 21 was a personal restoration of Peter, where it says, cast your net singular. But he was also dealing with Yeshua in a state of the resurrection. This is not that. Luke chapter 5 is when Yeshua is in the flesh, and he's in the... uh, uh, time where he's going to get four disciples. He's going to start out with four disciples and he meets them where they are because they're fishermen. And what the Lord wants to do is he wants to meet you tonight where you're at. You may not be a fisherman. You may be a school teacher. You know, you, you may be work for the government. You may be a doctor. You may be a carpenter. Doesn't matter where it is. He's going to speak to you tonight prophetically where you are right now because he's looking to you and say are you going to be a disciple or are you going to be a believer cuz you can be satisfied as a believer but your prayers won't get answered like they should you'll be in constant conflict you'll probably lose most of your children they won't want to follow because they don't see any power. Because if they don't see power, then there's no purpose in following after the Lord because it's work. Narrow is the way, pressured is the gate, and few that find it. So in the West, we really have a battle with this feel-good Christianity in order to fill churches, but it's, a, it's fake news. Following after the Lord, it costs something. People say, well, how much does it cost? It costs everything. You surrender your life and your will for his life and his will. And that's not a popular message because everyone wants to know how much do I get to keep of me and still be counted amongst the righteous and operate in supernatural power. That's the compromise. That's how we got to the garden problem. How far can I stretch it and still maintain my authority and dominion over this garden? And obviously they stretched it too far and they lost their dominion and they lost their authority. So Jesus is commissioning four disciples and it starts in Luke chapter 5 verse 1 and 2. Jesus is there and so it was that a multitude pressed about him to hear the word of the Lord so that he stood by the lake of the Canaret. So Jesus is preaching, and the message is getting popular, and people are starting to pack it out. And what happens is, is the message gets so popular and so pressed in, That he's got to do something about it because he realizes he's too close to the people to be effective. You got to hear this message in the Holy Spirit. Some of you are too close to the people and the people are too familiar with you. And that's why they can't hear your message. Because see, you were taught friendship evangelism which is not in the Bible, but very popular in the 70s and the 80s. Become their friend, and somehow you can win them to the Lord. And really what happened is you became their friend, and you lost your salvation. But it was okay, because people say, once saved, always saved so you had a guarantee it wasn't gonna happen. But sadly, we can go down the street here into many of the bars in different place, and I can hear people that can preach the gospel beautifully. One of my favorite barbecue places, I won't mention the name on the air, but is a bar that has great barbecue, and every time I go in, there's several of them there that love to preach to me, and they usually end the message with, I want you to know I'm still part of the club, but I don't like to go to church because of the hypocrites. And I just smile and bless them and get my food to go. But that's a result of friendship evangelism. So we're going to have to agree that it doesn't work. Jesus didn't come here to be their friend. Jesus came here to be their savior and their teacher. He came, and so what happened at this season was the crowd grew. Are you hearing this in the spirit? The crowd grew and the influence grew. The platform grew in your life. I'm going to personalize it to you tonight and for all of you watching online. Your platform is at a place where God is increasing power and dominion, knowledge and authority into you, except you're too close to the people and you've got some prophetic things to say and you're too close and you're going to get one shot and that word's going to save their life, but you're too close and they won't take you serious. So it says, and he saw two boats standing in the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them because they were washing their nets. So if they're washing their nets in Israel, in Israel the fishermen fished at night. These were linen nets. They were all different sizes. There were large nets that were up to 100 feet. There were small 25-footers and then personal nets that people had that they could throw, you know, from the shore or out of a boat. So they're washing their nets this would have been early in the morning. It means they fished all night. And the, and the scripture tells us that they didn't do very good that night. And so they're, they're still preparing their nets. But what I want you to know is that the prophetic word for you tonight is this. You have also just came out of a night of fishing. Let me say it this way. You've come out of a night of 50 fishing since the 90s. From 1990 up until now has been a night of fishing. And the Lord is asking you, have you caught any fish yet? If you compare the political influence we had during the moral majority and the times of, of uh, Reverend Billy Graham dealing with the presidents in the White House, if you look, if you look at, the, at the level of influence that the evangelical Christians had in the early 90s, And in the eight, I mean the 90s, even some in the 80s, but if you look at the 90s and the early 2000s, you watch that, you watch that uh, power and that favor that we had start to wane, and now with President Trump, you are watching the the power, all of a sudden God has opened up the windows of heaven, and you're watching the evangelical, spirit-filled Christian voice starting to resurrect in this nation once again. It's the second chance. It's children, have you caught any fish yet? And Donald Trump will be reelected, And we will have six years. But six years goes like this. And I'm not as concerned about Donald Trump getting in as I am concerned about the seven mountains of influence Are we going to have true apostolic and prophets in those mountains so that when whoever comes in after that six years, are they operating in the supernatural power like a Daniel in the excellence and the boldness of a Jeremiah? And if we don't start preparing now, and we don't start equipping now, it won't happen. We'll turn around, and those six years will be gone. It's real easy to forget about God and God's structure when you're prospering, because prosperity takes a lot of time. Just the sheer money management, the employee management, everything you have to do the work we do here with 45 people versus when we were four people is, is tremendous. So you're cleaning your nets. You're in a season right now. I'm going to switch prophetically and I'm going to be very accurate because I really want those that are watching and those that are here. I don't want you to be confused over I'm, what I'm saying, but the Lord is cleaning up your net and who you're networked with. Because you, what you network, how you communicate now is not at the level the Lord wants you to be able to communicate when he transfers the wealth. Your technical skills. Well, I'm not high tech. You need to get high tech. You live in a high tech world What happened between 1990 and what happened since Donald Trump has come in, if you look at it, is that the Holy Spirit in a king-priest authority, there's been a startup company, and the startup company came from heaven, and we'll call it the authority of the king-priest. And what happened is, whether we like it or not, we're two years out, and you're looking at the results through the Trump administration and it's been real ugly and sloppy, and it's all over the place. But if you look at it from a business concept, and you look at the numbers, he has proof of concept. It worked. It worked with the evangelical faith-based people, the ones that do well and the ones that don't do well. And Trump, when he does well and he doesn't do well, it doesn't really make any difference. God used all this group of people and the intercessors and all the influencers. It worked. It's proof of concept. And if you have a startup, that's the first thing. You've got to have a demo. You have to build something and it has to actually do what you say. And so we're at proof of concept. And what happened in Orlando now is is that there's got to be now a network for multiplication. Because once you have proof of concept, before you can go to investment bankers and get the money so that you can make your company go public to where the real money is, you have to have relationship equity. And what what you saw in Orlando, that meeting was... Proof of concept works. He went through all this stuff, and now it's relationship equity. We've got to multiply. He wasn't multiplying. He already knows he's won this election. I mean, the Democrats don't have anybody that can remotely, they don't have the money, they don't have the message. They're out. I'm not even concerned with it. They are out. I mean, just from a business standpoint, they have no product. They don't even know who they are. They don't know if they're peanut butter, they don't know if they're caramel or chocolate. If they were a Reese's cup, they would be great because everyone loves them. But they're not that because the peanut butter's one place, the chocolate's one place, and the caramel's another place, and they won't come together. And America will never, ever, 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 ever be a socialistic country, and we're not going to be communists because it's not in our DNA. It's like never going to happen. And I'm old enough to remember when we had to put our head under the desk during the Cuban Missile Crisis and the comm, you know, know, and it was like, man, it's going to end, this is it. Well, I've been waiting for it to end since I was six years old. And I'm 64 and we're still here. See, there's something in the DNA of the soil of the United States of America in North America and the people that are here and the DNA that has passed from generation to generation That not listening to these wackos in Hollywood and New York. We're not the crazy flyover people. We are the indigenous root of the real nation called the United States of America. And we're not for sale. We're not for sale. And God created the United States of America to stand with the nation of Israel and the Jewish people. And we earned the right during World War II with the blood that was shed by our soldiers to rescue the world from that tyrant Not just in Germany, but in Japan. And we have earned the right. That blood paid the price. And we are the only nation right now that is fighting for freedom. The only one. Everybody else is questioning it. We're never going to question it because God created the United States of America to stand with Israel. Which means God created the United States of America to fulfill Bible prophecy. So to say, we are the Gentile nation that stands with Israel of the one new man of the end times. And that's it. And God wants to align the church with the message of the one new man because the message of the one new man is the message of the hour. So that's the... It was night, they hadn't caught any fish, and they're washing their nets. Between now and Rosh Hashanah, you need to look at what is it in your ability with relationship equity? How do you enhance your ability to communicate with the right people that you need to answer the call in your life? And you're going to have to fight for it. Because connecting with the right people is always a fight. The wrong ones, oh man, they just come and they're like ticks. You're going to get them in Oklahoma just by walking through the grass. They just find a way. But to find the right people, it's going to take prayer, it's going to take time alone with the Lord. It's going to take that true identity of who you are in him and say, Lord, what is it in me that stops me from being able to connect with that group of people? You know why some people won't connect with you is because you don't have the right stuff to network with. They don't know how to connect to you. I'm real serious about the Lord. I'm not connecting with somebody who's not real serious about the Lord. I'm not connecting with somebody that wants to use my anointing to get their prayers answered. We should be coming together as a three-stranded cord to strengthen each other, not to feed off each other. So ever since Passover, during that counting down of the Omer, all of you have had relationship issues. And the reason that you had relationship issues is because your relationship with yourself isn't where the Lord wants it to be. You don't see yourself. You don't forgive yourself. You don't encourage yourself. You don't believe in yourself. And so this way, when you brush up against somebody that pushes one of those buttons, you spend all your energy fighting them, which in turn causes an offense. And there's, am I being too real here? Then it puts you into a place of unforgiveness and it shuts you off in the courts. You've lost your spiritual authority over a real childish thing called offense, unforgiveness. The Lord is wanting you to be more flexible. He's wanting you to be a better listener. He wants you to be more compassionate. He wants you to be more kind. He wants you to be wiser. He's he's wanting you not to gravitate to all the low-hanging fruit relationship. He wants you to go for the best. Is this helping anyone? Anyone? Because, see, for you to go to that next level, you're going to have to go to the next level with people who are at the next level. Because no man or woman is an island unto himself. So let me just say it this way. The Lord's washing our networks internally and externally. Because, see, some of the people that you're connected with are holding you back spiritually. Now, I'm not going to mention the the man's name here, but I, I mentioned it to him the other day is he's getting ready to retire. And one of, one of the reasons the Lord has him retiring now is instead of later is because the assignment that he had in that region that he was working, it, it, he was working with a, a government, that, that assignment is over. The Lord has moved that assignment to someplace else or somebody else. But now when this gentleman retires, we can legally go into the courts and cut off all the backlash and all the soul ties and everything from that assignment, which was working with the city. All, that, all that's coming from that city because see that city's going into severe judgment and now he's retiring from the city. He gave it a lot of years and now it's being cut off Are you hearing me? It's being cut off because he has a new assignment that's much bigger than a city because now he's moving to the next level. But he can't go to the next level without being cleansed from his employment covenant that he had with that city. And the Lord said, they're not going to listen. I'll deal with them. Now I'm taking you out. Now, if he would have stayed for the money... He would have fallen to the judgment, been in disobedience, even under my covering, nothing I can do, because my covering only works when you obey what God's telling you to do. Is this helping to anyone? Am I being too direct? Or are you? So now we're in Luke 5, 3, so then he gets into a boat, which was Simon's, and he asked him to... To push it out a little bit from the land, and he sat down and he taught the multitude from the boat. And he say, "Lord, I'm pushing back from the land." Say, "Lord, I'm pushing back from the flesh." See, the problem is when you get too familiar, then everything is based off feelings. And everything's based off emotion. See, the Lord's telling you to stop. And then the emotions and Satan through those emotions are telling you, well, you better hurry up. If you don't do something, you're toast. And anything that is telling you to hurry up and you're going to be toast, that's the devil. And stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, that's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is never, you better run fast. That's always the enemy. But that only works when your emotions are tied to self-substaining realities and rescue. I'm going somewhere with this. And he sat down and he taught them in the boat. And when he stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets, plural, for a catch. The Lord wants you to expand your relationship equity. He wants you to expand your network. Christy and I, this beginning of this year, we went to Taiwan and I had to spend quite a bit of time studying the culture of the Chihuone- Taiwanese, Chinese, and the Republic of China. Because I knew I'd get one shot. And it paid off. I don't know how many how much how many hours I had, I probably hundreds, even down to their humor. Because I can't preach strong message without humor. And I know they're watching and, praise God, they thought I was funny. But I can't tell them strong things without laughter. Laughter is a medicine. It's it's in my doctor kit. But what, what what do they think is funny? And it's different than what we think is funny. Are you doing that kind of homework to reach into the networks that you're reaching into to be able to speak, and to be able to connect with them? Do you have the practical relationship skills to communicate with them? Remember, this is the word of the Lord. Because you're going to have a short window of time to make these connects. And are you making those connections? Am I getting a witness in the Spirit up here? When he says launch out into the deep, he's saying it's time that you go deeper in the spirit. If you're going to go deeper in the spirit, you're going to have to spend more time in the spirit. But I can tell you this, if you spend more time in the spirit and less time striving in the flesh, your burnout date will be longer because you will burn out because you can get more done in prayer and in the courts of heaven and have less problem and less financial and physical loss if you spend it with the Lord first, because he'll always show you the fastest way to get from point A to point B. But as human beings, you need to sit under preaching that reminds you that all the time. That's the purpose for PowerPoints. Go deeper in the Spirit, says the Lord. Luke 5 and 5. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. This is a serious question. Have you snared yourself in the courts of heaven by responding to prophetic words from the Holy Spirit with a negative answer? It's the biggest hidden bear trap snare there is in the courts. God gives you a clear word, and you answer with an excuse. And saying, yes, Lord, praise God, I can do all things through Messiah who gives me strength. No. Lord, we've done it all night. I'll translate it in the culture. Listen, carpenter boy from Nazareth. We've been fishing. I'm third generation from the Galilee. I'll bring it into House of David. It's like me going to Tim and his farmer friends up there from Los Angeles telling them how they're supposed to farm. Concrete boy. You see what's going on here? Can you feel it? Then he says, well, nevertheless, at your word, I'll let down the net. How many times do we receive a word of correction? I've already dealt with that. I've already forgiven them. Why do you keep bringing that up? Woo, because I can tell by the body language and the response that it obviously didn't work the last 300 times you repented. See, repentance isn't an apology. Uh, Repentance is a change of behavior. And the key to repentance is godly sorrow with how it affected God, not how it affected you. When you have an experience of how your sin and your lack and your compromise actually affected him, that's where true repentance and travail comes from. Apologizing is because you got caught and you feel bad about you. Come on, we've all been through this. Look at your neighbor and say, it's got to get better. I'm going somewhere with this. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their nets were breaking. Or their net was breaking. Singular. So let's go back to Luke 5 and 4. What was the word of the Lord? Launch, Not in the shallow water. Go into the deep. So first of all, you leave the beach in the boat. You go to the deep water and you let down multiple nets. Right? Was not that the word of the Lord? So now where are we? Hey, we've been fishing all night. We didn't catch anything. But because you say so, we'll go out. We'll go out with some attitude and we'll do it. And in the process of getting angry because you got challenged because you didn't catch any fish, now you go out with one net instead of nets. And now the provision that you need for everything that he's called you to do is being compromised because the provision is in those fish. And now the nets are breaking. How did they get from nets to net is because they had attitude and they weren't listening. Boy, is this helping anybody? See, that's what's bad about not adjusting your attitude on a daily basis with the Lord is because the Lord is already, people say, I just need a word from the Lord. He's speaking to you. You're not listening. He's speaking to you right now. This is a thus saith the Lord word if there was. I can feel it. It's just being drawn out of me. I barely walk up those steps here a little while ago. I mean, I got such a sword in my back, and I'm already getting healed. Because it was just an attack. Everyone knows I don't do physical labor, so I couldn't have thrown my back out. That was terrible. Everyone laughed at me. Well, I'll I'll, I'll get over it. So Luke 5, 7. So now they're in the middle of their provision and they have to signal their partners in other boats and say, come help us. So now they're in crisis management. The provision's coming and they don't have the right people in place. And now they're having to call Who knows these people? I mean, they know that they're fishermen. They're obviously there. But what kind of fishermen? So now the catch is corrupted because these aren't vetted people. They're not holy. This is last minute crisis. We got to do something. Come on, get on board. Why? They weren't ready. And they came and they filled both boats. So now they began to sink. So I guess it was bigger than two boats. And when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, I am a sinful man, O Lord. Isn't it interesting? This should be the greatest day of his life He is literally, as a Jewish boy, being called into the highest level of ministry by a rabbi. And it's the worst day of his life because he realizes this was his first failure. He didn't listen. Why? His identity was in the fisherman king. No one can tell me I am the fisherman king. Not even Jesus can tell me because my identity is in the fisherman king. And that's dangerous when you're really good at something and God wants to make you better. Is your self-image exalted so high that you can't hear in this hour of promotion because these guys are getting promoted from fish to men, which is definitely a promotion. For he and all were astonished with him, and they were astonished at the catch of fish, which they had taken. So what got everyone's attention about the power of Yeshua? A wealth transfer. And that's what's getting ready to happen to you. Don't let the Lord give it to you and then you lose it because you don't have the right nets. It's coming. It got released here Friday night, unplanned to me. I'm standing here and I preach on alignment on Father's Day. And the Lord said, now that you have aligned the sons with the Father's hearts, I'm releasing the wealth. I literally saw these big 15-foot gates in heaven open up and all these camels come out. I don't know how many, just all these camels of wealth literally leaving heaven, coming to earth. So they're coming, and the question is, is your network ready? It's here. Some of you should be glad it was delayed because you're not ready. I think one of the hardest things to do in spiritual life is to taste the goodness of the Lord and to lose it. So they were astonished at the catch which they had taken. And so also James, John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon, and Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid, for now on, from now on you will catch men. So what came first? The promotion or the money? The money. The fish came first. So now the wealth comes, and what happens to their time, task, and activity? They're not cleaning nets in the morning. They're not fishing all night. They've got roughly three and a half years to perfect their craft to become disciples of the most powerful man on earth, God incarnate, Yeshua HaMashiach, the rabbi of rabbis. And they better put everything they've got into it because they are the first fruits of many to come. Major transfer of wealth that are coming are gonna change the way we do business. It's gonna change the way we do ministry because we're not fishing for money We're fishing for men, for a wise man and wise woman goes after souls. In general, most structures in ministry are based off financial business structures to be able to prosper, to be able to grow a ministry. And a byproduct of that is souls but in this season it's going to be souls and a byproduct of that is how responsible you are to making discipleship of those souls is to how much fish you get because the lords is through funding entertainment christian country club that's over He's already pulled the plug on it. So he's saying, will you do it my way? Will you go into the seven mountains of influence? Can I give you the nations? I've only got one nation in the whole earth right now that is even remotely going after freedom. And freedom is a key biblical principle. I need to be able to send you businessmen from the seven mountains of influence. And you need to be able to do business and be wise and go into that country and say, No, I'm going to deal with this guy in Africa because he's a believer and he walks by biblical principles and he takes care of the poor. Even though I could deal with that guy over there, Mr. Bribery Heathen, and make more percentages on the bottom line. But I am building the kingdom, not my pocket. I'm going to go with this Christian guy because the only hope for that nation to become a sheep nation is for the seven mountains <coughs> of influence in those countries to turn the corner and start to stand with God in Israel. And then you wonder, well, why rabbi would you preach about money so much? Because in the next 10 years, it's gonna be all about the money. Solomon said it best, the gold rules. Luke 5 11. Is this helping anybody tonight. So when they had brought their, their boats to the land, they forsook all and they followed him. That's my assignment tonight is to prepare you, there is a large transfer of wealth, it's coming to you, and will you forsake all? And will you manage the wealth the Lord gave you based off an old wineskin, are you going to do it off a new wineskin? Are you going to do it with biblical finance, are you going to do it with man's finance? See, the Lord's asking the questions now, To prepare you so that you can start prepare because God's not looking tonight for an emotional, yes, Lord, I will do it. Well, praise God in this anointing in this house with a message this strong, of course, you're going to say yes. Or maybe you wouldn't. But it doesn't make any difference what you say tonight. The key is, is will you make a commitment to the Lord in advance saying, Lord, by faith, I know this is coming. Because this is a thus saith the Lord prophetic word. It is coming. That's why so many of you and all of you online, so many of you, what you've done for years and used to do it so great, it's not so great anymore. You think it's the devil. It's not, it's the Lord. Because the Lord has something way, way, way better for you. And then the accusers roaming around saying, ooh, where's those weaknesses in their personality and and in their character? And the Lord's trying to clean you up because of people, places, and circumstances. And he's wanting you not to play the blame game. He's wanting you to learn how to say, Lord, what are you teaching me from this person that drives me just so crazy? They're your child. Their name's in the book. They're believers. Lord has a sense of humor. You'll probably rule and reign in the New Jerusalem and you'll be in the condo next to them. They'll be knocking on the door. Hey, do you have any anointing oil? No, not that one. The good one like I used to have. I ran out. Cast your nets. Are you ready? Let's stand, if you would, please. Joellen, if you could come up on the keyboard, please. We're going to go ahead and close. But we're going to close in the courts. Is that okay? Now, I'm going to ask if you're comfortable with this. It's easier. I want you to start seeing into the courts, okay? So I just want you to close your eyes. And the Lord's going to ask you a question right now. He says, I I want to take you into the room of atonement. And this is just a room. It's not a courtroom. It's just a place where the Lord cleanses you from all sins and all iniquities. So I just want you to go in that room. Some of you have your eyes closed and you're just seeing red lights. Everything's red. And I want you just to say in your heart to the Lord, I don't want you even to verbalize it, just in your heart say, Lord, I'm not gonna use sin or generational sins as an excuse anymore. no more excuses and now what I want you to do is I want you to spiritually push back from the flesh you're, you're gonna push back from the land you're gonna you're gonna you just you're gonna take a new a new stance and you're gonna push back and say Lord I cut the soul ties now I'm cutting the soul ties with all those excuses I'm cutting them off right now just cutting them off just cut them off. And Lord, I thank you that these soul ties aren't gonna speak to your people anymore. And Lord, while I'm in this room of atonement, Lord, I ask that you wash my nets. Let the blood of Jesus wash my nets, my time, task, activities, my skills, my talents, my abilities my shortcomings, my strengths, my weaknesses, my identity, Lord, just wash it all in the blood. Lord, I've been fishing for a lot of years. Just wash me in the blood. And Lord, while I'm in this room of atonement, I ask that you wash all the people I'm connected with. Everything I interact with, Lord, every single thing, my insurance, my bank, my power company, my car loans, my home loans, my businesses, my ties, my offerings, my pets, my children, Lord, everything, just wash it all in the blood. Lord, everything that you've made me responsible for, my garden, my yard, whatever it is, Lord, Everything is covered in the blood. Lord, I cut all soul ties with all material blessings. They are not my identity. I receive them as a gift from you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I just receive it. Lord, I invite you in this room of atonement. I invite you, Holy Spirit, to come and sit on the throne of my heart and teach me. Teach me not from my head, but in my heart to my head. Lord, I ask for a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit, a fresh baptism in the courts of a teaching anointing of the Holy Spirit to sit on my heart. And Lord, I'm at peace. Lord, I'm going to launch out into the deep, and Lord, I'm launching out right now into the mercy court. I'm cleansed. I have no agenda. Lord, I launch out into the mercy court. And Lord, I, as I stand in the mercy court, Lord, I ask that your ministering angels that are assigned to me, Lord, my guardian angels, Lord, I release them now to go into the court of record. To go into the courts of record record and get my book that is the deepest assignment that I have that is the most perfect will of God is what is written in this season for my life Lord I ask that that my angels bring that book into the mercy court now and Lord and and set it in front of the just judge in Yeshua's name And Lord, I ask that every book that is associated with my call, that Lord, in this court session now, every book be be set down next to it. And Lord, in the courts of mercy, I ask that you supernaturally, by your grace, connect my assignment to the books that I need to work with and only those books. That there would be a supernatural connect at the higher level. And Lord, we ask that it be recorded in the courts of mercy this night in Yeshua's name. And Lord, let it be recorded in the uh, the courts of finance that I am preparing and I am ready to get ready for an abundant transfer of wealth. And Lord, I am willing to adjust my nets and my networks to adjust my net worth to be the kingdom reflection and not what I think. And Lord, in the financial courts, let it be recorded this night in my name that I said yes. Just go ahead and say yes, Lord. And so, Lord, I just, I come back into the courts of mercy now and I ask that that I receive a new and a fresh mantle for the assignment as king priest in the mountain of influence or mountains that I'm called to I just ask that I receive that new mantle that new authority, that new wisdom and Lord I ask for new mantles for all of those that in a, in a decree of intercession I ask that all those that will be networking with me in this new season to receive new mantles as well I ask that you give our, my network a tune-up to the highest level in Yeshua's name. So, Lord, I, I seal this in the court of mercy. I seal it. Just say, I seal it, Lord. And so, Lord, I take my mantle and I put it over all these mantles. And Lord, we cover this work apostolically out of Zion. Now before you leave, I want you just to put your hand over your right over your heart and say these words, if you would, please. Say, Lord, I ask for a new shield of discernment. Open my spiritual eyes. And give me discernment so I don't waste time with things that don't pertain to this call. I receive a new shield in Yeshua's name. Now with your eyes closed, I want you just to back out of the courts. And let's go back into the room of atonement. Say, Lord, I ask you to wash me afresh with this new shield and this new mantle that I walk righteously before you in this season of transition. And I receive what you have for me. Not what I think, but what you think. And Lord, forgive me I will never argue with you. If you ask me to cast my net, I'm going to cast the net. I will always respond positive. In Yeshua's name, we seal this. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. If you would look at two or three people, say, I receive that word from the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm gonna ask that the ushers come down. If you need an envelope? If you'd just raise your hands. Marissa's with the kids, right? Tonight or? Oh, there she is. You wanna bring your worship team back up? That message help you tonight? Yeah, you need to say, that one's for me. So Friday night, I'm going to preach a word out of Isaiah 54, which is the perpetual covenant God has with Zion. So many people are asking me, and it's wonderful. I love all the questions. People from outside that have read the book, Reclaiming Our Forgotten Heritage. What is so important about Israel? And so we're going to go through the perpetual covenant God has with the Jewish people in the land of Israel and why the scripture says why do 10 Gentiles hang on the sleeve of one Jew? It's because our salvation and our redemption is through that DNA line. Amen and so we're going to uh, we're going to release that on Friday night Lord willing unless he changes the message but it should be it should be a real powerful night of, of covenant strengthening because we need to be able to to strengthen that covenant. Amen. But anyway, let's go out in praise. And uh, yeah, for those of you that are watching online, if you want to give tonight, which is always a good idea, especially with a prophetic word like this, you can text us, S-O-W-51555. And we're excited. We'll see you Friday night and for Shabbat. God bless you. We love you. And uh, we'll see you Friday. Thank you for listening to this message from the One New Man Network. For more information, please visit us at theonenewman.com.